This is Alex Del Sordo with the Rower's Choice Podcast, and I have someone with me that's been in the DC rowing circuit for so many years, I don't want to embarrass him. Uh, we will get to how long he's been rowing and, and coaching uh, shortly here. It's Derek Parsons of WNL, and if you if you know anything about high school rowing, you know the history that WNL brings to rowing. might sound like a pretty familiar name if you've been in, in rowing for a long time. Program's been around, uh, I mean, Derek will confirm, a long time. A long time. Uh, and he's been with the program a long time. <laughs> but I wanted to tell a, a quick story. I was brand new at coaching in 2010 to the D.C. area. And I'm, I, I'm at TBC. I was rowing for PBC, which is where WNL is out of. And I see this guy, quiet, reserved, walking around in Birkenstocks. And I didn't know who the heck he was. He's even wearing some right now. I didn't know who the heck he was. And um, this is morning practices with Potomac Boat Club. And then I'm on the water with O'Connell in the afternoon. And I see screaming aides coming down. And Derek is in the launch. And all he says to me is, O'Connell, make way. And I remember a parting of the sea. I got my butt out of there so fast. And I then watched fantastic rowing. And think, think of this. I had a guy who, unassuming, quiet, Birkenstocks, really chill. And then I'm watching him coach screaming eights down the course. And WNL had done really well that year. So it was like a really great experience for me. I then spent a lot of time with Derek, talking to him and learning from his experiences. And in fact, Derek, you were one of my first customers at Finish Line. So that, is true. that was a huge moment for me in 2012, 2013 that you gave the trust, right? So today on, on this podcast, we're going to talk about his background in rowing. We're going to talk about a, a really great topic that seems to be um, consistent with older coaches and even some younger ones about education. Uh, and then we're going to um, just talk, talk a little bit more about some of his coaching idols. So Derek, listen... I know you've been here for a long time, but I don't know if people know about you. So give me a background of like when you started rowing, what happened after you started rowing and how did you get to WNL coaching with the program? So I actually started rowing for Washington Lee back in 1983 as a freshman. Uh, I rowed for four years. Uh, I was a lightweight. Uh, can't tell that now. Uh, for three years. Well, you have the height. I do. I do have the height. <laughs> so I think. I, I'm, I'm secure on the height <laughs> part. That has not changed. Uh, and yeah, I rowed for Charlie uh, um, for those years, or for the three years that I was a, a varsity lightweight. Um, and then I left WNL, not necessarily thinking about rowing or considering it. Um, I think in 93, uh, I was in a conversation with somebody about uh, uh, something and the, the topic of rowing came up and uh, George Kirschbaum came up as the coach and that started a conversation. I asked him if, uh, you know, to let them know, to let George know, hey, if he's looking for help, I wouldn't mind helping this, out. This is, you had six years of a gap from yeah. graduating high school to 93? I, I had zero concept of being in the position that I'm in. Holy cow. That's, I mean, I had no idea. I, yeah. I assumed 
Well, and so George, you know, I hired, I was hired on as George, uh, assistant for George, became the head coach shortly after that of Wakefield. Um, decided to take a, a year break from that because that was at Thompson's back when they uh, they had the compound. Yeah. I don't know if you remember back then. No, I, I mean I've I've seen photos and I've talked to a lot of people yeah. back. The first the first year we were on the compound and wow. my first practice there the the kids uh, had I think ten bags stolen because we just left them out in the area <laughs> not knowing what was going on. Um, then took a year break, got a got a real job, tried to try to make a go of it. Um, and then my first year teaching was 60% of what a full-time was, and I had an afternoon off. And so I contacted Tom Chisnell, and uh, from there, I think he was looking for a good way out, uh, decided to have me help coach the varsity that year, and then the year after that, he was gone, and I was left standing holding the back. So it was like 96, 97? 96, 97, yeah. So you've been, you've been the head coach since 20 this will be 24 years 24 years yeah. is there a notable victory or year that you just have burned in your memory at WNL is there a year that just stands out over the 24 years that you've been there um the, our, fa our our best year competitive wise with the, with the kind of a, a ragtag group was 2005 where we made the finals at Stokes um and I think that stands out that was you know you, you're in the game long enough uh I mean, we had we had a good I had a good group. I finished twelfth in two thousand. Um, uh, had a couple, you know, strong years after that. But then, you know, again, you, you you're in the game long enough that, you know, your path kind of, your team kind of looks like a sine curve kind of thing, and it yeah. just you know it ebbs and it flows. You 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 know, some years you have good talent, some some years you don't. But and and to put in perspective, you have uh, sixty. Guy on the guy's side, between, 50, 60. Between 50 and 60 on a... On a on it's, a, a, it's a big program. It's a big program. We have, and, and we have 100 total between the girls and the boys. 100 kids total, and you're in you're in Potompo Club. Correct. Uh, been there ever since the beginning, right? 70 years. 70 years in Potomac. I mean, that's a long time. Yep. You know, I, I not a lot of coaches I have met... There's only a handful. I think I don't want to put myself in a position of someone calling me you're a liar, but I think there's less than seven coaches in the country that I'm aware of that still coach for the team they rode for back in the day, right? Like, it's, it's very rare to find me. someone <laughs> that sticks in the same town, but then it ends up being the coach. Um, it does, what kind of, kind of energy or does that change your passion level of coaching the team that essentially created your rowing career? I mean, 83, Charlie Butt, how do you do you do you believe that you need to follow that legacy and keep it going? Like, how how do you feel about well, your I, time here? I, I still remember it was either my junior or senior year during our uh, our awards banquet at the school and kind of made a just a general mental note to going yeah gee it'd be really great to come back and help Charlie. Um, I mean, again I, I had zero idea. Sure. Um, I mean again he passed in '92 so that you know I, I didn't even. Uh, have any interaction with him after I graduated. Um, but rowing was a significant part of my life. Uh, my mom, I'm 50 years old this year, my mom will still tell you to this day that crew saved my life. Oh my gosh. Uh, in terms of my path, my, my, my desire, you know, my organization, my, my 
career goals, my, my focus. I can't see what a 16-year-old Derek looks like. So. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's, it, I, I can't imagine your mother saying he's a troubled guy. I mean, you're no, just... No, I, I just, I, you know, it's one of those ones where he's either going to make it and do well or he's going to be in prison. There's kind of like two paths. That's funny. Um, but, you know, rowing was, it, it was, it's just a, it's a, I think if you look at it across the board, no matter what program you go to, you, you just find good kids. Um, and so I think that my idea of what I'm supposed to be doing is I am supposed to, I'm, I consider myself a steward of this program. I, this is not my program, even though every, pretty much every piece of equipment, you know, that we own now is no longer, you know, somebody else's I have, it has passed through my hands yep. in terms of purchasing. Uh, but I, I feel that I need to keep this program going so that other people in that may have may or may not be in my situation when they were their age has the same opportunity to have crew be a life affirming life changing part of their life. see that that's great i mean light rowing changed my life it's now my career uh it's what i do 24 7 and i talk to a lot of coaches i talk to them all the time right every day it's my job and there is a gap between the 50 year old you who's been doing this you know, in some cases forever, right? You've been right. doing this your whole life. Uh, and the young coach who has no idea what he or she's getting themselves into. And I know you're a big proponent on coaching education. Mm -hmm. So um, what do you want nov novice coaches or coaches with two years experience to know right now? Like, what are some things that you can tell them and talk to them about that if they came and said, Derek, like, I want to make this my career. I want to do this full time. What are some things that you'd give them as advice on? Well, the first thing is it's okay not to know everything. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I think that too often people think that they have to know a lot to get to, to start. Because, as I said, when, I mean, okay, now granted, I was a certified teacher. I had gone through the education in, in college to teach. And I think that coaching and teaching have direct parallels. I think if you can yeah. coach then you're, you, you obviously know how to teach. And if you know how to teach, you can you know, learn the, you know, switch yourself over and become a coach. Because I think in, to some degree, they're somewhat synonymous. Um, now, not I, every coach wants to be a teacher. Um, but, I, but I think that in general that, I mean, I, I hope that every coach thinks of them as a teacher. Because I'm not just telling you what to do at least in my mind. I'm trying to show you how to take what I'm giving you and have that become intrinsic motivation. Yeah. Have, have that become of, you know, how to change your mindset. That's not something that, that I'm doing for you. That's something I'm guiding you to. Um, and I, I do think it's the sport that does it. I think that, you know, all sports have their way of doing things, but I think the sport of rowing just intrinsically it's involved you are going to change no i i like that i like that know know that you don't know everything right that's a know, huge know thing. that you don't know everything ask questions um be a student of the sport and it doesn't and it's interesting you say that um i don't think a lot of people know the history of u.s rowing i don't think it, i mean u.s rowing going back mm -hmm. you know you know in the probably like the 1930s and 40s you know boys in the boat great book but I think there's a big gap. People don't understand the history of the sport, of the equipment itself. When did we move into carbon fibers and fiberglass? When was the spoon ore transition to the hatchet? Why has that 
Why has that happened? Do you believe that people should know also the history of the sport in general? I, th I think that's helpful. I think once you get to a particular level, um, I don't know, do you know Mike Penn? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, very, very good coach at T.C. Williams for a long time. It's probably as far as I'm concerned, uh, he's one of my mentors, one of the people that I aspire to, to, to coach like. As far as I know, he's never taken a competitive stroke in his life. Really? Wow. So he just fell in love with rowing and just wanted he, to teach that. Yeah, he's, he, yeah as I said, he's someone to, to seek out and to, and to pick his brain. Um, but I, but I definitely, he is definitely a teacher who learned the sport of rowing. Um, and when you learn to teach it, you learn to break it down, you learn to you know, segment it so that you, know, you go from you know, point A to point B to point C. Sure. And I think that a lot of people think like, you know, I didn't row in, I didn't row in college. I, I, I went to Radford University. My, my idea was going from either a physics major or an art major. You know, Those wrote, are two distinct differences. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, wow. And, and they, they came to a head junior year, and I, I had to pick a direction, so I picked art. Um, but uh, rowing was not a part of my, my, my idea, and yeah. I had only rowed four years in high school. Mm -hmm. So I think that there's a lot of people out there who would like to get into the sport of rowing as a coach, but think, oh, my pedigree, my experience, I didn't row in college, I didn't have junior national team experience, I didn't have collegiate experience, I didn't have national team experience. And I don't necessarily know that that would make you a good coach. That, that is such a big point to all of what we're kind of getting at. Um, I know high school coaches that are fantastic coaches and teachers, and they fear they can't progress their career to the collegiate level because they don't have any college experience. Correct. What do you, how do you think we overcome that? How do you think we get away from that, that mentality? Because you know what someone said to me the other day, and I'll never forget this. I, unbeknownst to me, I was putting down high school rowing. I said, it's not a high caliber. And, and he said, are you kidding me? Like, we're not the minor leagues. Like, high school teams are faster than most college programs. And in some cases, high school coaches are better than most college coaches. I said, man, that, I mean, it floored me. It put me, it put me in my place. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's sort of reevaluate this, right? I said, there, there's a disconnect somewhere. I don't know where it is that take, let's, I don't know, just say one of our reps, Dushan, right? If he wants to take his career to the collegiate level because he has no college experience, he's kind of nervous or might, he might be nervous about getting up there. What do you think we can do about that? How do you think we get over that? That's a good question. Is, that even, is there even an answer? I don't know. I mean, um, again, I, I think that it's just you know, each level has its own shortcomings. Yeah, if you want to go to college, you may have to move. You know, it may, there may not be an opportunity for you to coach in college in this area. Um, the I know the dynamics, the support, and the structure between high school and college is completely different. You know, maybe that intimidates you um, so I think that it's just it's kind of one of those things where uh, you know too many people want to think that they if, they if you look at me in my position and how long I've been here they're like oh I want to do what you did and really you should want to do what you do mm -hmm. you know um, I know coaches who, who hop around from program to program waiting to find that fit you, you know see that a lot I, in the DC I, area right I'm, sure. I'm, I'm lucky that I I come from this you know, I, I, I have ingrained myself, you know, right, rightfully or wrongfully into this program. Um, 
But I just think in, in terms of job search, you know, if, if you're not happy with where you are, you're not going to be effective. Mm -hmm. If you are struggling to put organization to your chaos at one program and are finding that a struggle, that doesn't mean that's going to be the same struggle with a different program. I mean, you're, you're almost always, no matter what you do in career, as a job, or as in coaching, you're going to be replacing some problems with other problems. Um, and I think that it's just a, a lack of confidence, probably. Um, and, and as I said, you're, you're putting yourself out there. And if you were successful at high school, maybe you're not going to be as successful in college because the rules are different. Right. You know, the, 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 the pool at which you, uh, you work in is different. It is. So, so, okay, so the recap, you say, don't know everything. So Don't know everything. So basically, leave your arrogance out the door. Like, get you, away. You, you, you have to... You have to be human. You, you, you have to be able to yeah. error. You have to be able to make a decision that blows up in your face and, and, and just learn from it. And then ask questions, become a student, and then the mentor. So you, you said, you, you kind of jumped to my last question. Mike Penn, you said, was, is a mentor, someone that you look up to, to aspire to. Um, do you, you feel that other coaches need to have that, that they need to have the mentor to kind of look up to and ask questions? I think every coach should have that person that, you know, call them your, your counselor, you know, where you're like, I, I just don't know what to, you know, that, that person that you can call that says everything's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah. you know, no matter how long I've been coaching, there have always been those opportunities where, uh, okay, so you're at Stotesbury, you're in, you know, you're, you're worried between, you know, making the semifinals and the finals, there's current, there's, there's a tailwind, do I change the rigging, do I not change the rigging? Oh, I'm getting like anxious even thinking about this. Right, like, I you, know, know, I do I, you know, do I reorgan, you know, the, the, the kid who sits in, in, in bow seat is, is a better racer, do I put them up at seven seat? There's all of these things that we just get so, we get, we get into the weeds. Yeah. And, and every once in a while you need to just to have that person that you can talk to that says, hey, just just follow your gut, you know, you know that, that, you know, just just the person that makes you feel like it's OK if you make that mistake. So because, do you provide that for anybody? Are you a mentor to anybody? Because um, I'm going to say, like, if, if you're looking for someone, we're going to we're going to put it out there in the D.C. Uh, area. Like, I, I don't I don't mind. Um, Gabe, who is uh, now, I guess he's the Yorktown men's coach. Yeah, I coached him uh, for one season with Mike Penn's group, Stillwater. Uh, he went to Lake Braddock. Um, we chat every once in a while, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. Uh, you know, I I there there was there was no reason for me to be where I am. There, there, there was no path. There was no uh, playbook. Um, it's just sheer stubbornness, probably, that I'm still here. I mean, it kind of just happened, right? I mean, right. you kind of fell into it a little bit. Correct. Right? Um, you know, and, and I've, I've my, uh, I guess this is 24 years, and my daughter will be 23 this year. Wow. So, uh, so I've, I've, I've lived through all of those things. I'm on my second marriage. Uh, probably I can't say that rowing <laughs> wasn't a part of the <laughs> sure. demise of the first one. The, the the time restrictions and everything. There are there's sacrifices and everything. So so my last question, um, because again, I mean you're you said you're turning fifty. So okay, we aged you. Uh, <laughs> 1983. You outed me. <laughs> I outed you. Yeah. 1983, 2020. Uh, 
I think in my mind, from what I've seen, it's probably the biggest 20-something year gap that's ever happened in rowing. I mean, so much has changed in the last 20 years versus there wasn't a whole lot of change from like the 1950s to 1970s. What do you say has changed in your mind the most, specifically in DC, that you could say has changed in the last 30 years? I mean, without a shadow of a doubt, I would say the training. The training. The level, the level of training, the emphasis on training. Um, I think I, I was at either US Rowing or, or Jim Joy this year. Somebody made a point where if you look at it, you know, across the board, speed has not really changed. You know, you, we were not going from, you know, six minute 2Ks, the national team down to four minutes. There's, no, there's, there's no, no, even Stotesbury is still one at, at a 410, 415 Correct. pace. So, you know, and, and I, I always love the, you know, the coaches who are like, oh, we're going to do this and that, you know. And I did have a, uh, an athlete come to me uh, as an eighth grader, and he's like, yeah, I really want to win Stotes. I'm like, okay. I think this was around 2012. I said, well, the, the, the closest I got was, you know, uh, 2005. That boat averaged below a 645 on the earth. Mm -hmm. And I believe the size of them was at least, you know, average between 6'2 and 6'3 and probably 180 to 85 pounds. Start there. Um, <laughs> That's your... <laughs> well, because I, I, I think that, you know, that, you know, that you, you have to have the athletes. Um, and I'm not disparaging the kids who are participating in this sport who aren't, you know, the dominant physical athletes. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that the, the level of training and the push to be quote unquote superior um, is the biggest change. I think we've, I know the whole lightweight saga has, is throwing everyone into a tailspin. Oh, yeah, we're gonna be talking about that on the later um, podcast. I, th I think my problem, I think our problem is, is we're looking too high above the ground. We're not looking at the kids that were my size. I mean, I think so just since I was a lightweight for three years, I had to keep track of my weight. I was 125 my, my sophomore year. <coughs> Excuse me, I was 135 my, my junior year, and I was 145 my senior year. Wow. Now, back when I rode for lightweights, um, the boat average was 140, and you had a maximum of 145. Hmm. So you talked about the history and how things changed. <coughs> the late, late 90s, we invented this category called the midweight category. Oh, I remember it. Right. And so with the midweight category, when that disappeared, they just automatically elevated the lightweight weight yeah. up to the, to the midweight weight. And then, what was it, last year or two years ago, U.S. Rowing wanted to take it up to 165. Well, if you look at the, the medical records, you know, statistics of the United States type of thing, the average weight of a high school athlete is 145 pounds. So I think that we're missing, we're losing a large sections of kids that want to be competitive, but we have to lower the weight, not raise it. Hmm. Because if you're doing 155, we're, we're, we're really, let's be honest, <coughs> you're looking at those kids that are 160, maybe close to 165, who are going to suck, you know, however sure. much weight to come down. Because, you know, I'm not going to make the first eight, but I can make the lightweight eight but we're putting it in a position where they should just be the second eight, they should just be the junior eight, they should be the second boat, and that's just how it is because we're a numbers game, and really, we're not top eight, we're top four. Mm -hmm. Top four starboards, top four ports, and, and that's just how it is. Not everybody is going to 
be in the varsity eight. Not everyone is going to win Stotesbury. So what are we left with? We're left with worrying about what type of experience you have as a high school athlete and what are you going to be able to take from that experience for the rest of your life? Well, I got to say, this has been um, a lot of fun. And a lot of what you said, um, other coaches of your era are saying. So there's clearly needs to be some kind of mentorship or resource center for young coaches to come talk to you and, and learn about you. And, and you know, as a recap, I love your first thing is just don't know everything. I mean, these people just you can't walk into a situation and assume that you're going to be the best at your job without asking the right questions, without understanding the history, and without finding the right mentor. It is okay to not know. That's awesome. So I hope you enjoyed this episode's podcast. Uh, we're going to continue down the DC path and start uh, talking to some other coaches this week and, and next. Uh, and I will put them on the spot. If you are looking for a mentor, Derek is available. I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening.